What's up, guys, and welcome into the second episode of the Real Talk Podcast. Like before, my name is Tyler, and to kick this podcast off, I kind of wanted to take a few moments to express how grateful I am. And the reason I am grateful is because the first podcast was received so fucking well. It came across exactly how I wanted it to, and I just wanted to take some time to say how thankful I am for those who even took the time to listen to five minutes, let alone the whole 40 or so. And especially those who took the time to give me their feedback and take the time to message me and tell me what they thought about it, what their thoughts were. And a couple who I had never even talked to before reached out and messaged me and said how much they appreciated it and that it was a well put together podcast, which I was extremely worried about. Like I said, it took me over a month to even find the confidence in myself to put one out and post it and edit it and put everything together. But I did and it went really well and we're just going to jump into the second one so let's run the intro i'm a workaholic like adam the man so much smoke coming at me i'm having asthma attacks yeah sweet thing sweet like grenadine you were on fire like kerosene all the melancholy in my melodies all because you called me and you said you don't care for me sweet thing sweet like grenadine you were on fire like kerosene All right, so I wanted to start this one off with a little bit of information on the podcast itself. I'm going to be doing one a week right now. With everything going on with COVID and in my personal life, there's not enough going on to where I could put out two super solid episodes a week. So I'm going to focus more on putting all of my effort into one really good podcast rather than two average or below average ones. And those will be posted on Fridays, probably Friday evenings. The places that my podcast will be posted is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, The Breaker app, and Radio public. So that's all the information on the podcast when it's going to be posted, where it's located, all that good stuff. And the first topic I wanted to get into today is how quarantine is affecting mental health, my mental health specifically in this. And I don't know, quarantine's kind of getting to me at this point. I've been locked in the house for over two months. I haven't worked in over two months. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. It's getting to the point where my mind is training my body to know that, hey man, you don't have anything you really have to do today. And if you do have things to get done, you can get them done at noon. You can get them done later in the evening. You don't have to get up early and start your day. I wake up at noon, unless there's a specific reason I have to be up, my mind just, I I don't wake up. I'll set alarms, I'll sleep through them. It doesn't matter what it is. For those of you who are doing the same thing and aren't getting a good start to your day and feel like it's really impacting you mentally and you feel unaccomplished rather than getting up early in the morning and getting things done and having your whole day to experience. Yeah, that would be great. But the point I want to get across is small victories or accomplishments matter. As long as you're getting everything you need to get done throughout the day completed, then it's a victory. This is a time that none of us will probably ever experience again. Hopefully that being a pandemic going on to where we are locked in the house, we're off of work. We don't really have a lot to do because there is not a lot to do. We're supposed to be social distancing. We're not going to be around family, friends, any of that stuff. It's really hard to keep yourself occupied within the four walls of your house after you've been here for two months. Every little job or little activity you wanted to get done around the house, redecorating, whatever it is, you've probably gotten it done. And there's not a whole lot to invest your time into right now. And luckily I have the outlet that is this podcast and it occupies a good amount of my time throughout the day. But small victories matter, whether it be cleaning up your house or getting some reading done or catching up on the news or getting anything specifically that you need to or want to accomplish in your own personal life. That's a victory, whether it's done at 8 a.m., noon, 
3 p.m., 6 p.m., whatever. As long as you are still accomplishing things throughout your day every single day, I promise you getting back and getting that jump start back to a normal schedule won't be as hard as you think it's going to be. I'm at the point where I can't even imagine working 40 hours a week right now and then coming back and doing this podcast stuff. Like I've been a bum for two and a half months, a straight bum. And I hope everyone's finding ways to occupy themselves, occupy their time and all this free time we have going on during the quarantine. And I just wanted to make it known that small victories and accomplishments matter in a time like this. But for those of you who don't see that as true or are really, really struggling worse than that and are literally spending 24 hours a day in bed, not getting anything done, feel like they're falling behind, have all the time in the world, but they're not putting any of it to use. I have a little story I'm going to go ahead and throw at you guys. Not a lot of people know it about me, probably a hand full of people, but I feel like this story can really offer some insight on how mental health struggle is always temporary, no matter how permanent it seems. So at this point, it was about two summers ago, the summer of 2018, the spring summer of 2018, and I was living in St. Joseph. I had just finished up my last semester of school that I attended. It was the fall of 2017, I guess, and was living in an apartment with a couple of frat bros of mine from the time in Cottonwood Creek. If you know Cottonwood Creek, it is a shithole of an apartment complex, but it was the best we could get going at that time. So I was staying there. Uh, the first roommate moved out about four months before the lease ended because he had an internship in a different area and he was moving out there to deal with that and pursue that. And then the other roommate was a three bedroom. So my second roommate was in the military and he just graduated college. So he was moving out to Texas or some shit somewhere to do, I don't know what he was doing, but he was pursuing that and he moved out about two months before the lease ended. So I was there by myself the last two months. Not really important, but it offers some background context to this story. And basically between the time that my lease ended, which was the first week of August and the time where our lease at the new place I was moving into with a couple of friends in Kansas City started was about 26, 27 days. The lease ended the first week of August and the next one started in September. So there's a about a month period where I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. So me coming from the background I have, I don't like to seek help or ask for help. Or even if I'm offered help, especially at that time, it was really difficult for me to accept that. And I didn't want to. And I was just in the mindset of, I can't afford a hotel for 30 days. I didn't really know about Airbnb. I was pretty uneducated about that at the time and didn't think about it. So before everyone's like, Oh, fucking Airbnb. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just stupid. I was doing whatever the fuck I was doing. I don't know. I kind of just had the thought process of I'm going to pack everything up, everything I don't need, I'm going to sell. I'm going to put stuff in a storage unit and I'll just stay in my car for now and I'll figure it out as time goes. That was me. I'm a, I'm a figure it out as it goes kind of guy. And before I dive any deeper into the story, I want to give a little more context. Prior to me moving out of the first apartment in St. Joe, I had been at the point where since I had left school in December, I was abusing alcohol. I was severely depressed. I had a lot of anxiety. I was gaining weight and I just used that and masked that with alcohol. I was drunk seven days a week. It was absolutely like it was a problem and the people around me knew it, but I didn't allow anyone to influence me. One day, a buddy of mine started doing the keto diet. I picked that up with him. We did it for like two and a half months and I lost an unhealthy amount of weight and kind of just like bounced back in a way. I say unhealthy because I'm not recommending the way I did this to anybody, but I was about 240 and I think I jumped down to 160 or 165 in two months-ish. 
less than maybe it rejuvenated me i bounced back a little bit and then that leads into the time where the lease was ending and i was about to live in my car for 26 days and that's not a boohoo feel bad for me type situation where i'm giving you the context about that it's more of a you getting involved with what was going on and where my mind was at so i was going from abusing that to not eating for two months and starving myself to lose weight i was basically bulimic at that point to living in my car for a month and my schedule kind of looked like this when i was living in the car i would sleep at my place of work i was a server at buffalo wild wings in st joe and in that specific parking lot there's buffalo wild wings and then there's a restaurant that was closed down at least prior to when i started working there and there was a parking spot in between the two parking lots in the middle where i could reverse park in and there were bushes that covered three-fourths of my car and that served as like a shield for me so i could lower my seat my driver's seat all the way down so that i could sleep in my car without people driving by that would notice me basically just so i could stay hidden throughout the day when i was just sitting in there burning time trying to figure out ways to get through the day so I would sleep there I would wake up in the morning at first it was really easy because I was hidden there was nothing going on no one could see me or anything that was about a week two weeks and then the manager started to notice that they didn't know it was my car but there was a car that was literally outside every single night all night and was there when the closing manager left and when the opening manager pulled up in the morning which the closing manager probably left anywhere from one to three in the morning and then the opener would get there five to seven in the morning whenever so for the first week or two I kind of slid by with it no one really noticed and then I overheard an opening manager one day talking about it how the car was in the parking lot so my new schedule from there was I would go to sleep whenever the closing manager left one, two, three in the morning, I would go to sleep in that parking spot. I would wake up at five, five fifteen every morning and take my car from the Buffalo parking lot over to a gas station somewhere else. I would sleep there for like an hour and then I'd move to another gas station. I would just gas station hop throughout the day in St. Joe because St. Joe's pretty big. There's this thing called the belt, which is like the main road that goes through all of St. Joe and there's just a shit ton of places. So I would sleep at gas stations, whatever, until I had to work. The way I would shower is there's a Sonic off the belt, like five or 10 minutes from Buffalo, I would shower in the drive-through bathroom of Sonic off the belt. And honestly, thinking about it now, I was probably better off not showering at all because that place was fucking disgusting. But I would wear sweatpants and I would hide my three-in-one shampoo, conditioner, body wash bottle in my pants with a wash rag. And I would go in there and I would do what I needed to do, get ready. And then I would hurry out of there and leave because I think eventually people started to catch on because I would be there like before they'd even open when the employees are there. So I would go from there and I would pull up to Buffalo in the back of the parking lot. I would get ready, do what I needed to do. And there were even some days where like the trimmer for my beard would die and I'd have to go to a gas station and go in the bathroom and charge it for like 15 minutes at a time. I didn't have anywhere to plug it in at. So there were a couple of challenges that came along with it. It wasn't too bad. I would buy water by the gallon. I basically lived off of $5 Little Caesars pizzas and the $1.50 10-piece chicken nuggets from Burger King. Shit, you know what? That's literally like all I ate for that 26 days. And then I would just pull up to work. I'd work my shift, whatever. And then I would occupy myself, whether it was hanging out with friends or whatever, up until the night. Some nights I would spend just driving around all night long because I couldn't bear like sleeping and not knowing what was going to happen. There was even one night, this is when I kind of got exposed for what I was doing because I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want to. I wanted to keep my quote unquote pride intact. And I just didn't want anyone feeling sorry for me. So I didn't tell anyone. And that's why I'm comfortable telling this story now because it's far in my past. It's about two years ago now. A handful of people that know already know. So 
who the fuck cares halfway through this process i kind of got exposed finally and someone caught on to what i was doing because i fell asleep one night after work and i fell asleep in my parking spot whatever seat all the way down but my car was on so my battery of course was dead when i woke up in the morning so i called my buddy austin who i was actually moving to kansas city with and he was like why the hell are you even at work at five in the morning why is your car dead like what what the hell is going on i couldn't really think of a lie on the spot so i told him what was going on and shit and he helped me out he jumped the car i got the battery charged up he offered help because he knew i was in a shitty situation at that point along with the two other people that knew what was going on at the time but I rejected it obviously because people who know me or know me and have a similar background to me know that at that point I kind of feel like accepting help was weak at the time I especially thought that or you felt worthless in a way even though that's not the case and I'm of the mindset where I can understand that now at the time I didn't so I didn't accept the help and I kind of grinded it out and I was basically numb to life at that point I did not feel anything so that was kind of when the car stopped bothering me as much as it did at first like the fear at night like the sleeping with one eye open kind of went away because you do it for two weeks like yeah, St. Joe is unsafe as hell, but once you're doing it for a certain amount of time, you kind of become numb to it. So he helped me out. We got through that situation, whatever. I grinded out the last two weeks. Basically, the point I'm trying to get out with this is I was 20 years old and I was living inside of my car in St. Joseph, Missouri and not a safe place. And it got to the point some days where I did not know if I was going to make it through the night, whether that be suicidal thoughts um, because of my alcohol, drug dependency, whatever the fuck was going on at the time. I did not know if I was going to make it through some of those days. And I did. And all I can say is that it basically relays to the point I'm trying to make about this is struggle is temporary, no matter how permanent it seems. And in that situation that seemed in the time fucking permanent, it seemed like I was not going to make it through it. I was hopping gas station to gas station becoming acquaintances with other homeless people living off of Little Caesars pizzas. It's like, that's what I was doing. That was my everyday life. And for those who are struggling with this quarantine, who are introverts before or weren't and are struggling with becoming or have become an introvert, and you don't want anything to do with the outside world because you've been told to stay in your house for two plus months. I get it. I get it. It's fucking hard. It's hard to fucking get up every day. It's hard to accomplish things. Even if you do accomplish things at the end of the day, you think, well, I didn't accomplish them until 6, 7 p.m. And now I'm going to be up till 4 a.m. again doing absolutely nothing because my mind and body aren't on the same page. I want to have a healthy schedule. I want to have a healthy sleep schedule, eating schedule, whatever the case may be. And that just may not be the ideal situation right now. It's not going to work out that way, but I promise you once things get back to normal, it will become easier. It'll become easier to start your day. It'll become easier to find that motivation that keeps you going, that motivation that leads to you accomplishing things. And in that situation, I was at a point where I didn't know if I was going to make it through the night, if there were going to be cops that pulled up because I was sleeping in a restaurant parking lot for several days at a time when my managers found out that my car was still out there. They didn't know it was me, I don't think. There was a car in the same spot every night that was there when the closing manager left and when the opening manager got there in the morning. That raised suspicion. I didn't know if someone was going to try and break into my car because there were homeless people everywhere in St. Joe. It's not a safe place to be. It's really not a safe place. And that was the hardest part of my fucking life up to this point. And I've dealt with a lot of shit, but I made it through that. And I'm chilling now and it's two years later. And I did what I had to do to get through that time. And I'm not telling you to create all of these healthy habits right away because I'm one who understands I abused certain things to get through that time of my life because I needed to distract myself from the thought of me just assuming I'm worthless because that's what I was doing at that time in my life. But I got through it. I continued to improve myself. And here I am today struggling with another thing that is me being an introvert and my mental health taking a hit because of this quarantine. I'm still waking up at noon. I'm still sleeping in. I'm staying up late doing dumb stuff. Like I understand that it's a struggle and it's not going to be perfect now and it probably won't be perfect for a little while. 
but it, I think it's good for me to offer this kind of advice and put it out there so those people understand that aren't seeking help and are struggling really hard with this certain situation going on in our world right now that it's going to get better eventually. It doesn't need to be fixed tomorrow, but you can make that first step and start to improve on that today, whether it be just getting something done, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, little accomplishments count. For people who have suffered with anxiety and depression the way I have, it can feel like a victory some days when you get up and take a shower and do what you need to do just to get ready for a day. Just take it one step at a time. It'll all be all right in the end, I promise. And I may seem hella dramatic to those who haven't had similar experiences to myself or those who are feeling the same feelings. It's valid. It's all valid. And for those of you who can gain something from this last 19 minutes of me talking about this topic, that was for you. And I hope you can get something from that. On to a lighter topic. Like I mentioned in the last podcast, I'm super huge on music. I can vibe with really any kind of music. I don't particularly like country music, but I can I can bump some Florida Georgia Line or some Sam Hunt. Not Sam Hunt. Um, Thomas Rhett. Thomas Rhett. Shout out Thomas Rhett. I could bump some Thomas Rhett if I needed to, but I want to talk about someone that you guys may be exhausted of hearing about at this point, but I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it yet because my podcast launched a week after it happened. So I'm going to take about five, 10 minutes to talk about 6ix9ine. And I know before you click out of this podcast, I know you're tired of hearing about him, but let me break this down, this whole play-by-play situation down in a way I don't think you've thought about it yet because this is just how I think and it's so interesting to me because this guy is the smartest fucking idiot that I've ever witnessed in my life so far. 6 9 made his rise about two years ago, started with Gummo. It was like his big song. Everyone went crazy for it and I think it was the fall of 17. He took off from there. He got involved with a gang called the Nine Trey Bloods out of New York, which was the Treyway thing that he always always screamed about in his songs and he kind of got recognized and he was known for the Mexican guy with the rainbow hair screaming in all of his songs. From there, he developed court cases, Rico charges. He was arrested in the fall of 18 and he was facing over 50 years in jail, 50 years to life. But then he decided to snitch on everybody that he was involved with and was in business with in that gang for reasons that I don't necessarily need to get into, but they were doing things to affect him personally and his family and everything that I don't agree with the choices they made and I don't agree with the choices that he's made, but whatever, I'm talking about it strictly in terms of music. So this is where I'm going to go with this. He ended up snitching. He was given a plea deal where he could be released after two years and he was released early, which was about a month ago because of the coronavirus. He was asthmatic. So he was at higher risk for developing it in prison. So he was released early on house arrest. Right now he has like FBI agents outside of his house, 24 seven security. But here's where I want to go with this. He was quiet for a couple weeks after his release, aside from a few comments on Instagram that made his name stand out. So he was in the news everyone's locked in their house on quarantine, which is basically a gift from God for him that he had the ability to make his name known on the internet again after everything he's done. Is he going to change? Is he going to change the way he makes his music? Is it going to be screaming? Is he going to show some remorse for the decisions he's made in terms of snitching on everyone he was in business with? Or is he going to stay the same, do the same dumb shit, start problems with everybody? And he decided to go down the same path and he released a song. An hour after that, he went live on Instagram. That live accumulated over 2 million people watching him live at once, which was a by far crazy record. I think second place was like 600,000 and that was either Tory Lanez or Drake. He had over 2 million people watching him live and he basically went into that to explain himself in the people he snitched on 
stole money from him, did things to his family, kidnapped him and beat him. He kind of claimed mogul status. He kind of said, I'm putting up numbers similar to Drake or Jay-Z. Basically, like, look at this live right now. Two million people are in here right now. He had 43 million views on his music video the first day it was out on YouTube, which was a record for a rap song in the first 24 hours. And that same song got over 100 million views in the first three days. 100 million views. Whether you like the guy, hate the guy, hate the music, love the music, whatever. 100 million is fucking impressive. That's a a ton of streams. He's not getting played on the radio. He's not getting played in clubs or anything. No famous rappers or anything are vibing with him because they either don't believe in snitching and they're totally against it because that's the life they live and that's totally cool. That's their beliefs. Or there's people who don't have the same beliefs, but they are scared to interact with him or show that they're interacting or supporting him because implications it could have on their future success in the industry. So no one's really vibing with him at this point. Basically claimed mogul status and he is making a ton of money off of it. So he was in jail and he basically made the decision I can stay loyal to what I preached and that being I'm loyal to the gang type shit and face 50 plus years or I can snitch get out in two which was fewer than that essentially and I can live my life to the fullest knowing I'm going to be making a ton of money but there's going to be a target on my back for the rest of my life I can either stay in jail until I'm 70 or I can go out live what I'm going to live and let's face it I don't wish anything bad on anybody but dude's got a target on his back and the only reason no one's testing him right now is because he's got the FBI outside of his door I don't know how long he's going to last he basically made the choice he got out of jail he spent his first couple weeks silent get his merch ready, get the song ready, shoot the video, do what he's got to do and prepare for the way he's going to make his entrance back onto social media and into this industry after what he did during his court cases. I'm not giving props. I'm just saying in his specific situation, he's an idiot for getting involved with the shit he did, but he's pretty smart for the way he's marketed himself since he's gotten out. And whether you like him or not, it's history and he made history and he's going to be talked about for generations to come because of what he did. Okay, I'm done talking about him, but I'm going to stay on the topic of music. I think this might be something I want to work in as an annual segment in the podcast. I'll see how it's received in this one specifically, and then I'll make the decision going forward. But I kind of want to do like a three song shout out, whether that song is new or it's just popping off right now, or it's an old song that I recently rediscovered and I want to give it some credit, but I want to give three songs credit, give the artist credit, and then explain why I'm choosing that specific song. The first one I want to give credit to is Bombay by Kanch. K-A-N-S-H. He's a TikTok guy that makes specific TikToks to where he creates his own feature. He raps and creates his own feature in songs that are super popular or that's requested in the comments of his page. He only has like 50,000 on TikTok right now and like 2,000 on Instagram, so he's super low-key. The song is crazy good. It's He's really talented, and I promise you with how social media is, he'll be popular in about six months. So Bombay by Kanch. The second one is Exhausted by LXST. And why this song was significant enough for me to pick is because first, it was the intro song in my first podcast. It was a song that, I don't know, no, it just kind of stood out to me. It's a really good song. It speaks a lot. It obviously stood out enough for me to pick it for my first podcast. So shout out to that one. The third is Go Crazy by Chris Brown and Young Thug. The reason I chose this one is because these two guys put together a collab album, I believe it was. It was like six, seven songs. And it was extremely underrated because it was going on during a lot of the six, nine shit. So it didn't really pop off or make the news or get the attention it deserved. I promise you, if any of these three you will look up and listen to, Go Crazy is the one you need to look up and listen to because this shit goes so hard. It's like that 2008 Chris Brown vibe when him and like Rihanna and Drake and all them were first popping off. Thug kills his part too, but those three songs are the ones I want to give a little credit to. If this segment 
does well or people respond to it and say they fucked with the songs I chose and I'll, I'll do it again next week. If it completely flops, then I'll take it out. But I promise you guys, I can put you onto some bangers if you allow me, but we'll just see. So yeah, I'm about three weeks away from my trip to Los Angeles with Xander to go look at some potential areas and places I want to stay at when I move down there in a couple months. He's currently out in Arizona outside of Scottsdale. He took a little vacation to visit his roommate for this upcoming school year, and he's been having a great time out there hiking, swimming, partying, all that good stuff. And he's actually extended his flight three times already. He was supposed to be back originally a couple days ago. And then as of last night, when I was writing the outline for this podcast, he was supposed to be back tomorrow evening, which is Thursday evening. And he just FaceTimed me and said he extended it until Sunday. So he won't be back until Sunday. Honestly, I'm glad he's having a great fucking time out there. I miss my homie. I want to hang out, whatever. I want to hear about all the stories and all the things that have gone on while he's been out there. I'm super glad he's getting the exposure because he doesn't really get to travel a lot. So something like this where he's not having to pay particularly for a place that he's staying at, it makes a lot of sense to extend the vacation. I mean, we're all on quarantine for the most part. He's not working right now, so he has the time. So just take advantage of it and stay with your friend and uh, come back with that vacation high he's on currently. I know a lot of people can relate yourself and whoever else you're traveling with for whatever vacation it is, whether it's the beach, the mountains, you kind of get this vacation high where you're overcome with all of the emotion and I don't know, just the environment in general kind of hits you in the face and you're like, wow, there's so much more to life than what I'm usually experiencing, especially in Missouri where there's not a lot going on, like I've said a hundred times. But in Arizona, somewhere like that, he's perfect for that area. He loves to exercise, work out and stuff. He wants any excuse to not wear a shirt. I'm sure he hasn't, I don't even think he brought a shirt to Arizona with him. He just brought like two pairs of swim trunks and two pairs of shorts and that was all that was in his suitcase. He's just had a great time and he hasn't really gotten a lot of exposure to go out travel so it's really good that he's getting this kind of mental health break to get on this vacation high to come back and really get motivated before school starts and before we go to LA because I think LA is just going to do him that much more good getting to see another place he's never seen before I've never even been there so it's going to be like that for both of us and also uh, kind of something I wanted to announce here on the podcast if you've made it up to this point 32 minutes deep is he's going to help me and we're going to be recording and launching my vlog channel on YouTube throughout or directly after the trip to LA. We're going to get a bunch of footage while we're out there. It's something I've always been interested in and I spend a lot of my time. I don't watch television. I watch strictly YouTube at this point in my life. And that's not to say television is wrong or fuck television. You watch what you want to watch, but I invest all of my time into YouTube and it's always something I've been interested in as I've reached this new part of my life and this new portion where I'm investing in myself. The first thing I was comfortable with was just putting my voice out there. And like I'm doing with this podcast, I'm putting my voice out there. And it was received so well in the first episode that I've kind of been sitting on this idea and he knows that as well. But with how positive the feedback was from the first podcast, if I can continue to produce quality content that people are interested in, I feel like that's a cool step that I could take even if it blows up in my face and it doesn't do well. It's something that I've always wanted to do and I want to invest my time into. So I'm going to try that. We're going to launch the vlog channel. I'm going to put up a couple or just one, depending on what kind of footage we get and how long we stay in LA. Obviously, he is no stranger to extending flights. So we'll see how long we're going to be out there if we want to spend the time editing while we're there or just capturing content and doing what we want to do. So I'll give you guys further word on that when I have it, but be on the lookout for that channel. I'm going to start promoting it probably after this podcast is posted so that I can, I don't know, get as many people in touch with it as I can and be prepared for that to come while we are in LA or right after. I'm really excited about it. Okay. The last real big topic I want to touch on this before I wrap it up 
is the amount of people that messaged me after the first podcast was certainly eye-opening. I really appreciated all of it, but there were some people who messaged me that were expressing that they were interested in similar things to myself, but have always been too scared, also like myself, to actually pursue it or put that first amount of effort in or take the first step in pursuing that actual hobby, whether it's podcast, vlog channel, new activity, something to do with media or social media or marketing or the creative industry, whatever it is. And I had several conversations with several different people, people I knew who I communicate with regularly up to people who I've never met before who just took time out of their day to listen to my podcast and go ahead and message me about it. And basically what I'm here to say, I'm going to touch base on this a little bit because I didn't get as in depth as I could have with some of these people, but I'm just going to offer my two cents here. I'm going to say the fear, the fear is valid. The fear is completely valid. Like I said in the previous podcast, it took me over a month just to build the courage to edit one. The first one I edited was the one I put out. I recorded 10 to 15 podcasts that have not been touched since I hit that stop recording button. And it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to do all of that stuff. But eventually you're just going to be faced with the decision. Am I going to put something out? Am I not? And if you don't, you just have to be okay with the fact that you didn't pursue it. You didn't put any effort in towards it. And if you're okay living with that, then that's totally fine. Do that. But if you're someone that's going to be constantly bothered by the fact that you didn't put effort into something that you felt strongly about, then it's going to bother you. So here's what I'm going to say. I didn't want to do this podcast. I was scared shitless to do this podcast. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know if people were going to listen. I didn't know if everyone that listened would talk shit. I didn't know if they would hate my voice. I didn't know. And I'm going to translate it into this. No, I'm not your teacher. No, I'm not your parent. You don't have to listen to me. But this is basically how I see it. And my goal is while helping myself to also help other people who are struggling with the same or similar things. So this is how I'm going to put my two cents into this. Basically how I want to get this message across, fear stunts growth, in my opinion. As young adults or adults, whatever point you're at in life, fear stunts growth. My thought process with that is this. So throughout elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school, everyone's kind of in the same ballpark in terms of where they're at in life. Some have jobs, some are involved in athletics, but everyone's still going to class eight hours a day. Everyone's taking relatively the same classes and will graduate with the same high school degree. After high school, the floodgates kind of open and everyone can go as fast as they want or as slow as they want in terms of growing and progressing as a person or as an adult in their life. Some are content with the high school degree and getting a job after high school and just want to live in the same area, do the same thing for the rest of their lives, and they're either okay or not okay with that, happy or not happy with that. And then there's few who grow a little bit at a time, sometimes fall into a rut, and then sometimes pick it back up, or they struggle for longer than normal, longer than they'd like to. Then there's those who just fly through the roof and are constantly growing, constantly adapting, constantly experiencing new things, and doing outstanding in life up to this point. And all of these are valid, but fear stunts growth as an adult. Here's why. Because fear leads to comfort. And comfort and fear go hand in hand. And a couple examples of this is, say you have a job that you're not necessarily happy with, but it does the job. It pays you what you need. It makes you the money to pay your bills. You kind of like a couple of your coworkers, but maybe you don't like your boss. Maybe you don't get along with a couple people and you go into work and you can definitely tell you dread going into work and you'll leave work less happy than you arrived. So obviously you don't like it that much. You want to pursue a new job. You want to pursue something new, but starting a new job is scary. It's like when you're making that transition from middle school to junior high or junior high to high school or your first day on a college campus. It's scary. You're having to learn a new thing, a new set of skills, and you are going to be uncomfortable until you're adapted to that new environment. That's how 
getting a new job is. And as an adult, you are not obligated to do that. You don't have a parent telling you what you need to do. You don't have a principal or a teacher or a coach telling you what you need to do. If you need to get a new job, you want to make more money, you want to learn a new skill, you want to learn a new hobby, you want to pursue something, no one's telling you you have to do it anymore. It's all up to that individual. It's very easy for fear to overtake that and you become comfortable. I'm 22. I serve at Buffalo Wild Wings. Ha ha ha. You know what? Cool. I make good money for my age. I'm in that age range where everyone's in college still or just about to graduate college, had just graduated college. So I make pretty good money for my age. Am I happy with the job I have? No. Do I like a couple of my coworkers? Yeah. Are my bosses okay? Yeah, they're okay. Do I hate going to work? Yeah. Are some days better than others? Yeah. Are there some days I don't make as much money as I should because, you know, I just didn't get the tips I deserved that day? Yeah, there's days like that too. It's similar to if you grew up in a certain area and you went to college or you didn't go to college and you kind of always made your way back to that same area, county, town, whatever, and you never moved out of there and you've wanted to move out of there, but you're scared because this is the only place you've ever known. I grew up in Kearney. There's several people I know and went to high school with that still live in Kearney and they can either be okay with that. They can be happy with it. They cannot be happy with it. All of that's valid. But for those who are scared about making that adjustment and that life-changing decision to move or get a new job or whether it's something Something as small as switching your style up, trying new clothing, trying your hair a different way, getting your ears pierced. I put a damn slit in my eyebrow this week. I did the eyebrow thing where you slit your eyebrow. I look like a damn TikTok boy, but I tried it and it was cool. I mean, I like it, I think. I don't know. Whether it's something small or something large, like the fear is going to take over and you have nobody telling you, sure, you can have a spouse and you can be in touch with your parents and they can motivate you to do it, but nobody's telling you. Nobody is telling you you have to do it. And sometimes that's what you have to tell yourself to build the courage and the confidence to do something. I had to tell myself that I was going to put a podcast out this past weekend. And if I wasn't going to, I might as well just sell the shit because I'm not doing anything with it. I spent good money on all of this stuff and it was not getting used. It was getting used to record podcasts, but it wasn't getting used to produce podcasts. I wasn't actually putting anything out on the internet for anyone to listen to. And I set myself a hard deadline and I either could have listened or I couldn't. I didn't have to. Nothing would happen if I didn't listen to myself, but I did. And I put one out and it went really well. And that's not to say that everything that you pursue will go incredibly well or be successful. Some things will fail. And I'm sure a lot of things that I pursue in my future will fail. That's just life. You're going to fail more often than not. It's how you react to that failure. It's how you focused your time and energy onto solutions rather than the problem at hand. And whether you want to start going to the gym or change your hair or your clothing or your job or your location, like I talked about. You can do it. I mean, I'm doing this podcast and I didn't think I would ever do it. I'm going to launch a vlog channel. I didn't think I was going to do that. And if I'm here pushing myself and motivating myself to do things I wasn't comfortable with, I want to use that platform for those who are listening to this. I want to push that motivation onto you guys. I want to try and push some of that wishful thinking and that positive energy y'all's way to try and pursue something that you've been interested in, but maybe haven't found the courage or you haven't found the motivation. That's fine. You don't need to do it all in one day. You don't need to completely find success or feel like you need to find success in that particular thing all at once. Things take time. I took over a month to post a podcast. The podcast went well. I think my preparation and my studying and the way I've prepared for this and learning how people communicate on podcasts, what's successful that I've watched, what's not successful, what an audience likes to hear about, what an audience doesn't like to hear about. I don't know everything. I just know what I've been taught and I've taught myself. And some things I may put out could flop and they may not and they may be successful. There's a learning experience with that and not everything's going to go as smoothly as you want it to. That's where people 
let the fear take over and they get comfortable and then they begin to avoid anything that could help them grow as a person. And growth is so important as an adult because you should always be adapting and growing. Maybe we should be more focused on educating children, teenagers, and how to continue to grow as a person after high school when no one's telling you how to do it. No one's walking you class to class eight hours a day with a principal and teachers and coaches and everything, keeping an eye on you, making sure you don't act up. There's no one doing that anymore. You have to do it yourself. Your spouse isn't responsible for that. Your parents aren't responsible for that anymore. They can help, and that's great if they're willing to help, but no one is responsible for your own self-growth but yourself. And I know it's really hard to pursue that and find the motivation to do that even with small things, so I'm here to try and pass along some of that positive energy that I've been able to find myself through this quarantine, and I'm talking to myself every day trying to get myself motivated to do shit. And I don't know, I can sit here and just challenge you to pursue something you've wanted to pursue but maybe haven't found the courage to do it. I guess I'm obviously not going to know whether you do that or not. In the end, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking to yourself about that thing that you've wanted to do, it's in your head right now. And you've wanted to do it, but you're scared to do it. And I won't know if you do it or not, but you will. So either take the time to do that and become a better person for it, or don't. It may not be successful, but even if it fails, it gives you the confidence for your next challenge, for the next thing you want to pursue that will help you grow as a person. Growth as an adult is so important. Don't let that fear overtake it. Put the fear aside, put the comfort aside, and continue to grow as a person. It's really fucking important, I promise you. So that's basically the last big topic I wanted to hit in the second podcast. There are a couple extra things that I had written down just in case this wasn't long enough. I'm sitting at like 45 minutes right now, so it's not too bad. And honestly, I went to the doctor yesterday. I had sinus issues. I had congestion. My throat was all sore and achy. I had an ear infection that was developing. I was so nervous that I had COVID. Okay, I don't think I was as nervous about having COVID as I was about doing that damn test where they shove that Q-tip up into your brain and shove it through the middle of your brain and then pull it back out because apparently that's needed to test if you have COVID. I was so scared of that. Luckily, I didn't have to get that test done and I have an ear infection, maybe strep, I don't know. But my ear is throbbing right now with this headset on, listening to myself, making sure if the sound is okay and everything. I just wanted to make sure I got this podcast out for those who want to listen to it this week. I would just want to take one more chance to say thank you to those who spent the time listening to this one, listening to the last one, who made it through. Even if you made it through five minutes, I appreciate it. If you clicked on it, I appreciate it. This is just something I'm passionate about. And if I'm going to preach that, I want to hold myself accountable and continue to produce content. The last thing I kind of want to touch on really quickly is appreciate where you are, but always think bigger than where you're at. And what I mean by that is I'm in Kansas City right now. I've been here for 22 years. I appreciate everything it's brought my way. Negative, positive, the challenges I've overcome, the challenges I haven't overcome, the things I'm still working on, and the people, most importantly, my friends, my family, the friends that have become family. You always want to appreciate where you're at in life, but if your goal is to continue to grow, something I've come to terms with is you need to think bigger than where you're at and that's what I'm trying to do with my journey to LA and that's the journey that I hopefully can bring some of you listeners along with so appreciate where you're at but always think bigger than where you're at in that current moment thank you guys we'll see you next time